Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy, here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. <sighs> so today is Monday, March the 1st. Uh, we're one-sixth of the way through 2021. That feels difficult to believe. And yet, here we are. <sighs> All right, so before I forget, today's earrings are a pair that I like very much. I'm showing them on in situ, on ear, for those watching the video. Uh, these are a pair that were um, given to me, again, by that same sorority sister. She likes to give me earrings. And they are full circles, fatter at the bottom than at the top. So they remind me of a moon, um, sort of a stylized, either waning or waxing moon. And they are kind of a golden green patina with a single purple stone at the bottom. And again, just costume jewelry. But uh, for some reason, I seem to wear the colors, those golden green and purple together a lot and not for Mardi Gras necessarily. I realized that I missed Mardi Gras this year. I should have like done a post on Mardi Gras day dressed up and I actually have Mardi Gras earrings, but um, oh well, missed opportunities. It's been a funny year, don't you think? I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the understatement of the century. It's been an odd year. Uh, and we will talk about that a little bit more. But the other thing I want to remember to do is Behold, to my right, uh, there is a wonderful collection of candy that was sent to me by Kim in, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Groningen. Uh, Groningen. It looks like Groningen. Groningen. Uh, Netherlands. Kareem, don't even bother telling me how much I got wrong in that. Um, so we'll do a little tour. Um, well, maybe I'll just, I'll do show and tell. Um, she sent me this lovely postcard with a very nice note on the back and the, the Ritter candy, which we do have here, but this is like the, the real Dutch stuff and these chocolate eggs that are just amazing. These things, you guys, they're incredible. And then my most favorite Choco Prince cookies. Actually, I guess they're, yeah, Choco Prince. Um, Corrine sends me these from time to time. Assistant Corrine. And then these wonderful, very thick doorstop chocolate candy bars. And all in the beautiful packaging. Uh, it was wrapped up so nicely. So thank you very much, Kim. Uh, it's always so nice to get uh, gifts from readers and so forth. So, yeah, that was lovely. And uh, that should be enough chocolate to last me through to uh, summer, right? <laughs> so, over the weekend, I started working on page proofs for uh, The Promised Queen. 
third book in the Forgotten Empires trilogy. And that has been interesting to do. Um, you guys were listening to me like over the last week, waffling over whether to print them out. I did. Um, and I confess, I was semi-tempted to just punt on the page proofs. I don't know why. I kind of felt like, I think I was feeling a why bother, which is unusual for me. I mean, I never do the, the why bother. Um, it maybe some of it's because it's not where my focus is right now. You know, this is the third book in that trilogy. Uh, St. Martin's doesn't want to keep going in the world. And I thought, well, you know, and, and also I've been so very, very caught up in the heirs of magic and bonds of magic series. Um, so much so that I inadvertently created two completely different series with of magic <laughs> in the title. So it goes, um, you know, I'm, I've been working very hard on the sequel to the golden Griffin and the bear prince. Uh, Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue. I'm at midpoint in that book. So, which is nice. Um, yeah. At about, um, I think I'm, now I don't really remember what I'm aiming for on that book. If I put down, I, I sometimes have um, intermediate goals. So, because I always end up adding on revision. So I usually set my intermediate goal, my word count at something like 80,000 if I figure the book's going to come out around 90. So uh, I might be at like 40,000 words, 40 or 45, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I've been very intent on that. I've been intent on Dark Wizard release, um, which is still selling really great. Thank you, you guys. It's, um, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Thank you. Uh, you know, so I'm already getting, I was chided, you guys chided on Facebook by Dana Marton for, um, that I shouldn't be on Facebook, that I should be writing book two, uh, the sequel to Dark Wizard. So I just don't tell her that I'm actually writing the sequel to Golden Griffin right now. Um, Bright Familiar comes next. Actually, there's as much as I tease about it, there's there's really nothing better than having someone bug you for the sequel to a book. So I actually don't mind that at all. You guys are all nice about it. I don't have those. Um, I have the best readers. You guys, I have the best readers because I don't have those crazy readers who like promise to send, you know, send death threats or something <laughs> if I don't write the book. I never quite know what to make of those things. So, so yeah, I was feeling like, would it really matter if I did, went over the page proofs on Promise Queen? Uh, it felt like a diversion. It was feeling unnecessary. You know, I was thinking, eh, it's probably in good enough shape. But then I felt like, well, I mean, I love my editor, Jenny. I love the St. Martin's team. And I didn't want them to think that I didn't care. Because somewhere in the back of my mind, I mean, I technically care, <laughs> <clears throat> but I just wasn't feeling it. So I printed out and I worked on it this weekend. I spent most of Saturday going over the page proofs, big chunk of yesterday. I'm still at only like 60%. I might, they're due tomorrow and I might be a little late 
Um, I'll work on them some more this afternoon and see how far I get. But it's been very interesting rediscovering this book because it's actually a pretty good book. <laughs> um, which I know that sounds funny, but it kind of came as a surprise because I, I guess I didn't remember that much about it. And I did write up this whole acknowledgments. I think I talked about it on here about how the, you know, that it was really my pandemic yearbook that I started writing it. Well, really about this time last year and wrote it and did the revision and edits and everything all during the course of 2020. And I don't know. Um, I don't know why I just didn't have it in my head, but I was kind of, I've been surprised reading it that, that it's actually, <laughs> who would have thunk? I think it's actually a pretty good book. But it made me realize that for, you know, now that we are coming to the end of the pandemic tunnel, uh, we're not out of it, but we can actually see the light. We're pretty sure it's not an oncoming train, that it's actually like daylight, uh, that there won't be a complete drop off and plunge us into off the cliff and into the ocean, um, that it actually might be, you know, like when the characters in some fantasy story emerge from the tunnel and there is the, the green and fertile valley below. Um, hoping for that green and fertile valley below. But even though I think the pandemic and lockdowns and so forth have been easier on me than they have been on many people, um, you know, living out in the country, I've been able to move around. I live in a state where there's good mask compliance. Uh, I think, you know, it works on us in ways that we are not fully cognizant. And I've been seeing a lot of people commenting on that, saying, you know, that you just don't realize the the stress that you're under. You know, just sort of like the constant anxiety. And it made me, I've been thinking about this trilogy and realizing that I regard it as not having been very successful. And there's there's no good reason for me to think that, I have discovered, because the Orchid Throne came out at the end of September. And so it was the end of 2019 and it was winter, right? October, November, December. Uh, by the beginning of 2020, we were already starting to be kind of concerned about the pandemic. By this time last year, we were already worried about it. I know that David and I went and stocked up all of our food uh, on like March 6th or something um, before we went to total lockdown. And I had so many plans, uh, you know, the so many fun plans for the launch of book two for the fiery crown at the end of May, 2020. And so I had expected that with Orchid Throne, with book one, that it would be a slow build because I knew that's one thing that you run into. If you're going to write a trilogy that's like the same hero heroine and that is a slow build throughout the three books, then, then you have to give the series time to build. And so I was really, I think, 
you know, it's funny to think back to it, but my plan had been, you know, that fiery crown I thought was going to be a big splash and I was going to do a lot of big splash things for it. And it ended up being not right. Because, you know, that was like height of the pandemic end of May. So, and now it's been a year. Uh, it'll be a year, you know, the promise queen comes out at the end of May, 2021. And, and I guess I kind of felt like this trilogy was done. I felt like it had done all it was going to do. And now reading this book, I'm realizing that no, it's just, it barely got started. It, it barely got started before the pandemic hit. So yeah, so so there we are. I mean, it's been an interesting look back on uh, sort of assumptions and what we get used to. I think that's a big piece of what we get used to. So yesterday I went and had brunch with my friends Megan and Charlie. Hi, Megan and Charlie. Uh, because it's Megan's birthday tomorrow. And for her birthday, she is getting her second uh, vaccination shot. They're the ones who suggested that I drive to Amarillo. So they're going to Amarillo, I think probably tonight, uh, and they will get their second shot tomorrow. And then very happily a week from Friday, she's going to fly to Florida and see her mother, who she has not seen in a year. So that's really exciting. Uh, and then David and I get our second shot on a week from today. So I will probably not be doing a podcast here on the 8th because we will be driving to Amarillo. Amarillo by morning. <laughs> uh, but so I had brunch with them yesterday and you guys, we ate indoors. Ate indoors. That's the uh, first time in a very, very long time. We can do that partly because Santa Fe has opened up. We are meeting the gating criteria because our we're like 25% vaccination here and our, they've, they hit the vulnerable populations first, you know, first line medical workers, people living in nursing homes, elderly, uh, compromised people, you know, so they are being very organized about it here because now what they've, they've done is they're going through and they're hitting all of the, the high risk, low compliance population. So the community is where there's been a lot of community spread. I understand that most of Navajo nation is now vaccinated, which is amazing. Uh, you know, so, so it's good. Our spread is way down. We're meeting the gating criteria. So could, so restaurants can be open at like 50% capacity for indoors, which is nice. No more huddling around the campfire to have, <laughs> drinks. And it was so funny because we went to um, Capitol Grill here in Fa Santa Fe, which was fabulous. Thank you, Capitol Grill. And they had it set up. So we sat in a booth, a booth, you guys. <laughs> it was so funny. We were kind of giddy. Like, look at us. We're sitting in a booth. Um, they had it set up so that like the booth across from us was blocked off, you know, said so no one can sit here. So, you know, there were booths kitty corner from us on the other side. And part of the reason we chose this place is that it's, um, it's a newer construction for Santa Fe and very, very high ceilings, um, good ventilation and all of that. So we felt 
you know, pretty, pretty comfortable doing that. But, you know, we had Bloody Marys and we had brunch and it was just really wonderful. And we kept, <laughs> the other thing that was funny was the menus, because even though we've been kind of going to some places, and I know some of you haven't been able to go anywhere at all. And so, you know, let me caveat that, you know, I shouldn't complain about my limited options, but you know, a lot of the places we'd been going to had stopped serving food altogether, or they had these very, very pared down menus. They had special menus um, that, you know, they didn't, weren't doing full kitchen. And so we've gotten very accustomed to having three or four choices, which, you know, luxury right there, not complaining. But yesterday they had the full menu, they had the complete menu. And you guys, it took us like, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour to decide what we wanted. And we realized it was because we've become so unaccustomed to having so many choices. We we're like, well, what do we choose? How do we know? Uh, you know, it's just funny what you get used to. And and we were talking about that a lot as we uh, enjoyed each other's company and just like, you know, that it's, it's kind of a tired analogy, but it's a good one, you know, about the frog in the boiling water, you know, that you start the frog in cold water and gradually, gradually heat it up and it doesn't notice, which is, is, is true to an extent, but you know, the, the analogy works, but it's, you know, like these gradual changes, you do become inured to stuff over time. And it's only when you come out of it that you start to realize, well, Wow, I didn't realize I'd been sort of living under this cloud. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. <It's> spring. <laughs> We're supposed to have warmer weather this week. That'll be nice, too. Thank you, all of you who uh, reflexively uh, blessed me for that sneeze. Sneezes. So... Um, yeah, so it's just funny coming out of this and working on this book feels like some of that. It's kind of like having been asleep. It's like we've all been asleep. You know, the, I remember how extraordinary it felt when we first started the lockdown and how much life slowed down, slowed down. And so it's sort of like we all slowed down and we kind of went into this hibernation mode. And even though we've been carrying on and doing things and some things are new and added to it, I think it'll be really interesting to be continuing to wake up and increasing activity and increasing things that we're getting to do. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's extraordinary. I really do wonder what we'll think looking back on this time. So um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with things. I don't think I have anything else in particular to report. I need to, uh, yeah, those are my big things. I need to get those page proofs, blah, blah, blah. page proofs done for the promised queen. Um, and at some point I need to pay bills because I did not get that done this weekend. It is the disadvantage of the boozy brunch um, that I don't get a lot done afterwards. And I try to tell myself that that's okay because it's it's good for me to like not work all the time. And Saturday, I successfully did not turn the computer on all day. 
Uh, and it's amazing to me what a big difference that makes. I read this New Yorker article and I will link to it because I even pinned it. I'm pointing to where I pinned it on my browser uh, about email making us miserable. That's fascinating about uh, the social anxiety of of having uh, having emails that you have not replied to. Uh, for me, turning off the, not turning on the computer at all for a whole day, even though I know emails are piling up, it still makes a big difference for me. Um, I'm considering taking the emails off my phone too, or maybe just for disconnecting them just for the days that I unplug. Um, yeah, it's tempting. It's tempting. I'm getting a lot better about not worrying about notifications piling up, but, um, boy, that data unplugged does make a difference. Uh, I know I suggested it. If you guys haven't tried it, try it. Just don't turn it on for the whole day and see if you can avoid looking at your phone too much too. It's hard because people text you and that sort of thing, but maybe make people call you instead. Um, just a thought. So anyway, I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to take on a new week. Many things to do, but I hope to do them all. Oh, and I meant to mention, um, I'm also today starting teaching a class on uh, sex and character transformation with the uh, Maryland Romance Writers online class the last the whole month of March. And I believe you can still sign up for it because we're just starting like introductions and stuff today. So I will link to that also if you are interested in doing that. And um, I haven't taught a class for them before. Usually they let people sign up for classes like a couple days in. So if I've lied, I apologize. But I, I think I'm telling you the truth. It's an interesting class talking about how um, how to use sexual intimacy to show transformation of character, which is something, if you read my books, you know I do a lot. So I think I've covered all of the things I need to. I'm going to go take care of some of those things, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'll remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You all take care. Bye-bye.